Thank you for tuning in to Dream City Omaha Online. We hope you like this message and that it has an impact on your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more. How's everybody doing today? Everybody good? Thank you. I like your shirt too. Thank you. Welcome. Glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here today. Those of you that are joining us online, we're glad that you're here with us as well. Like, uh, like Melissa said, we're all about helping you live in the, the abundant life that Christ has paid for. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I died that my, he said, my purpose is that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so at Dream City, we say that we exist, we're here, our purpose is to help all people from all places live in the freedom and fullness found in the abundant life in Christ. And so if, if you're here today and you want to take a step into that abundant life, whatever that next step for you is on your journey, there's a connect card on the seat in front of you. Just mark whatever, whatever step you want to take today, whether you're giving your heart to the Lord for the first time, you're recommitting yourself to him, you want to join a small group, start serving, whatever that might be, go ahead and uh, check that on the connect card, drop that in the, the baskets, the buckets, the boxes on the walls on your way out. And one of our team members would love to get in touch with you and, and help you on that journey. Today, uh, we're, we're going to get into the Word if you're ready for that. Okay, we've been reading chronologically, and this week we, we read through the majority of the book of Proverbs. Those of you that were with us or you watched us online last week, we, we saw that how King David is, is now dead. Uh, his purpose was fulfilled in his generation. That's what the New Testament tells us. And he passes his, his throne off to his son Solomon his son with Bathsheba. We all remember Bathsheba. So Solomon takes the throne. Solomon be, becomes king. And we saw last week in 1 Kings chapter 3 how that God comes to Solomon one night and he says, Solomon, ask for anything and I'll give it to you. We all wish that we could be there where, where God comes to us and says, anything that you want, I will give you. But the reality is we're, we are there. That same promise is made to us. You want You want freedom? Find it in me. You want joy? Find it in me. You're looking for peace in your heart and peace in your mind? Find it in me. And so, so Solomon responds to God and he says, God, I want wisdom. I want understanding. I want to be able to rule your people uh, wisely. And, uh, and so God grants him that. Solomon becomes the wisest man that ever lived. And with that, the richest man that ever lived. Because God said, not only will I give you what you asked for, but I'll give you what you didn't ask for. How are you thankful for the things that, that God gives you that you don't deserve and you're, the things that God gives you that you didn't ask for, that you didn't even know that you needed, but he, know, he, he saw it and he knew it and he provided you with it. And so, so this week we've, we've read through the Proverbs that Solomon, as the wisest man, he, he sits down and, and throughout the course of his life, I'm sure, he just spouts off these, these wisdom one-liners. And if you read Proverbs with us this week, or if you've ever read the book of Proverbs, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, reads like, it reads like a conversation on a front porch between a kid and his grandpa. You guys know what I'm talking about? You have that picture in your mind. How many of you, your dad or your grandpa had, had some of those one-line zingers? Anybody? Any that you can remember? Anybody remember any one-liners that your dad or your grandpa ever said? Go ahead, shout it out if you have one. Okay, maybe don't shout it out. Maybe raise your hand and I'll call on you because I can't hear them all at the same time. What, did you have one? Yeah, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. For those of you that didn't hear and for those of you watching online, I'll help you out. This is my dad. He said, I brought you into this world and I can 
take you out. How many of you guys have heard that one before? All right, very good. Most of us have. It's not just me that was threatened as a kid. All right, that was my mom saying. Anybody else? Anybody else? A, a, a father or a grandpa? Miss Lena, go ahead. You're going to reap. You reap what you sow, so watch what you do while you're young, because you'll bear it when you get old. That's a, that's a wise saying. Anybody else? One more. You get more with honey than you do with vinegar. Anybody? By the way, let's just, you mentioned vinegar. Anyway, like this, this whole like health thing where you're supposed to take a shot of apple cider vinegar after you eat. Does anybody do that? How do you do that? That's disgusting. Is Angel does it. Angel does it. And so like, I tried it one time. I was like, why would you ruin your dinner with that? Like you just cleanse my palate in the worst way possible. But as you read through the book of Proverbs, it reads as a, a conversation full of of one-liners. I, I had some as I was thinking and, and, and thinking of my grandpa, thinking of my dad, the, the one that he shared didn't necessarily come to mind because I've, I've suppressed those memories. Um, but I remember, as a, I remember as a young man, uh, as a kid playing in my grandpa's backyard and we were playing baseball, me and my brother and, and, and we're outside, we're just having a good time in his backyard. And he came outside and he says, what are you boys doing? He said, the backyard is not meant to be played in. <laughs> now, I'll give you some context, okay? Because without context, you're just like, what does it even mean? So contextually, he had, he had had problems with his sprinkler heads, his sprinkler system in his yard. And, and he, the, the sprinkler heads kept breaking, so he kept having to replace them. Well, clearly, that was our fault for playing in the backyard. We would step on a sprinkler head, it would break. And so in his mind... The yard was not meant to be played in. It was meant to be watered and looked at. And, and, but, but kids, you don't play in the backyard. You go play in the street. And so that's between that and being threatened within an inch of my life every day. That was my childhood, and it was great. And it's what made me who I am today. How about this one? How about money doesn't grow on trees? Anybody ever heard that? I think we all heard that one. Uh, this one was my favorite. Stop crying. Or I'll give you something to cry about. It's like, I have something to cry about, which is why I'm crying right now. And you want to add to that for me. Thank you. Uh, I'm not sleeping. I'm just resting my eyes. What's funny is as I was thinking back and, and trying to think of, of things that my dad and things that I heard my grandpa say, it kind of started to scare me a little bit. And that's where I ended my list because I found that the things that I remember my dad and my grandpa saying, I now am saying, right? Like, were you born in a barn? Turn the lights off. Are you trying to heat up the outside? All of those things that, that I grew up hearing all the time, I now find myself saying. But, but Proverbs is like that. It's like a conversation between a wise father or a wise grandpa and his son, because I want to pass on what I've learned to you. And so, so Proverbs is kind of like a potpourri of, of these wise sayings, especially chapters 10 through through like 29. Those chapters, it's, it's just one-liner after one-liner after one-liner, and there's no real common thread throughout. There are themes that he, he's constantly hitting on and things he's constantly talking about and going back to, but there's, it's not very linear. It's, it's, it's like the way my wife thinks, and it's just a spider web of wisdom. 
And whatever you need in this moment is what you're going to get. But, but I, I wanted to just bring out a few of my favorites from the book of Proverbs. And so just to give you an idea of some of the things, if you haven't read it or you didn't read through it this week, Proverbs 11 says that gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can, can keep a confidence. Let's go to the next one. It says that the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be Refresh. Let's continue. Proverbs 19. Discipline your children while there is hope. While there is hope. <laughs> Listen, parents. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. I think there's a lot of times where we look and it's like, my kids are ruining their lives or they did this to themselves. And it's like, well, did we do our part when they were young? Another proverb. Don't spare the rod, right? It says, says you're, it's not going to kill them, is, is how that verse finishes. It's not, a little discipline is not going to kill your kids. Some of you need to write that down, but we'll continue. Let's go on. Proverbs 14. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. So there's so many different ideas, different, different topics, different sayings, different thoughts so much wisdom found in the book of Proverbs, so many things that he's constantly going back to. He, he talks about the importance of hard work and not being lazy. He talks about not chasing after promiscuous women. He talks about not chasing after promiscuous women. He talks about the need for humility. He talks about honesty. He talks about being careful who you associate with. Today, I want to I I talk about one of the themes that if you read through the book of Proverbs, you will constantly see. As you turn the pages, as you read the wisdom that comes from King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, this idea of being careful of the things that you say, of watching and being attentive to the words that come out of your mouth and and watching your mouth. How many know your mouth can get you into trouble? How many of you, your mouth has ever gotten you into big trouble? You've ever said something and immediately wanted to put your foot in your mouth. Like, I wish I could just take that back. Yeah, I mean, you can't take your words back, right? It's like, it's like trying to get toothpaste back into the tube of toothpaste. Once it comes out, it's out, right? Like, you can't get it back in. You can try and clean up the mess that you've made. But there's no way that you can take those words back. As we read through Proverbs, we see Solomon time and again talking about the things that we say. And he says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. This is the New Living Translation. If this was the John Weasel Translation, it would read just a little bit differently. But he says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. He, He In another place, he says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. (laughs) Opening your mouth can literally ruin everything. Let's continue. Proverbs chapter 18, the tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It's kind of a combination of what Miss Lena told us. You know, what you, what you sow is what you reap. Be careful what you do when you're young, because when you're old, you're going to, you're going to harvest that. You're going to reap that. You're going to bear that. And also honey gets more than vinegar. Kind words versus harsh words, right? We see that in in the book of Proverbs as well. One last one, Proverbs 21. He says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut 
Turn to your neighbor. No, I'm just kidding. Don't turn to your neighbor. Some of you really want to turn to your neighbor right now and say, I think he's talking to you. But this morning, King, King Solomon tells us to, to watch our tongue, to keep our mouth shut, and we'll stay out of trouble. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, we pray that over the next few moments, you would anoint not just these words, but Lord, that you would anoint our ears, that you would anoint our hearts, Lord, that, that, that as your word goes forth, Lord, that it would take root within our hearts and within our lives, not on, not on, on, on hard ground where the enemy comes and he snatches the seed before it has a chance to produce fruit, God, not on rocky ground that is, is so worried about the things going on, not on the shallow ground, but God, on good soil today. Lord, that we would bring, bring forth fruit, that you would bring forth fruit in our lives from the power and by the power of your word today. God, I, I step out of the way and give you complete control to do whatever you want to do. Even as, as John said, I must decrease and he must increase. God, I pray that you would increase in me and through me today. Lord, that you would speak to your church and speak to your people and encourage us and challenge us in the things that we say, that we would not bring death with our words, but that we would speak life into our lives, that we would speak life into those around us, that we would speak life into our environment, into our situation, and into our circumstances. We give you access today to do what you want to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. They, they say that we speak on average, between 25,000 and 40,000 words a day. Now, that's a wide range because I'm sure that the men are closer to the 25,000 mark and the ladies are closer to the 40,000 mark, right? Like you, you, you know that to be true. I'll get home and Angel will say, how was your day? And my response is, it was good. <laughs> well, what did you do? Spent some time in prayer, studied, had a couple meetings. Well, who did you meet with? I met with this individual, had coffee with this person. Well, what did you guys talk about? Like, I don't know. Like, why are you asking me all these? <laughs> and she gets home, and she gets home, and, 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 and I was like, baby, how was your day? And, and I know, like, before I ask that question, we need to be sitting out on the conversation set under the pergola, because this conversation is going to take us at least an hour and a half to finish. We, we, we use 25,000 to 40,000 words a day, and, and so many words come from our mouth. And my question to you, and, and what I want you to think about is, is how often do you stop to think about the words that you're saying? How often do you just stop to, to think about the, the words that you're using, what you're saying, how you're saying it, what you're communicating, and, and what you're speaking into the lives of your kids, the lives of your friends, the lives of your coworkers, into your own life as you stand there in the mirror and you look at yourself. What are the words, whether verbally or, or consciously, that you're saying about yourself, about others, about God, about your situation? As we look in the book of Proverbs, we see time and again, Solomon warns us to, to be careful of the words that we use. And it's not just something that Solomon says, but when we, when we read the New Testament, we see, we see this picked up throughout the, the New Testament as well. Today, I want to I give you a couple of principles to understand uh, about the words and the power of your words. And then I want to give you two ways to, 
to, that you can take, two tools that you can put in your tool belt as we seek to, as Solomon encourages us, to control our tongues, to control our mouths. How do we do that? How many know it's difficult? It's not easy. We can try and try and try and still just have diarrhea of the mouth to where we, we regret the things and we say hurtful things and we're mean with our words and we're cutting with our words. But today I wanna, I wanna hopefully give you a couple of tools that you can put in your tool belt. But the first thing that I want you to know about your words and, and the power of them is, is, is really understanding that your words are very powerful. If you're taking notes today, I would encourage you to write this down. If you want to be wise today, I would encourage you to take notes. If you want to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only, then you definitely need to take notes. And I'm going to wait until I see all of you writing this down. Your words are powerful. Words are sticky. Have you ever had one of those, one of those little sticky hands that you get out of the, the the quarter machine at a pizza store or a restaurant and it's got like a, a long string on it and then the hand is sticking, you're like swinging across the room and it slaps against the wall and it sticks there. As parents, the best thing is when your kids throw them up on the ceiling and then they get stuck and then they're mad that they get stuck and then you have to get the ladder out to get the sticky hand off of the ceiling. How many of you guys have ever been there? I've been there numerous times. But your words are the same way. We, we throw our words out, not realizing that they stick. And, and we grow up saying things like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How you know that's not true? It's not true. Words hurt. Sticks and stones hurt too, but words hurt. I remember saying, you know, somebody said something you didn't like. You say, well, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. You guys remember that say? I'm rubbery and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and it sticks to you. That's not true either. Those things that are said to us, they, they, can, they can stick. And the things that we say to others, those things stick as well because words are sticky. We watch movies and, and we, we hear these monologues and, and these famous quotes from these famous movies and, and we remember them, we take them with us. They, they're, they're etched on our minds. The words that are said to us can be etched on our hearts. For example, who says, who said, we're not in Kansas anymore? Dorothy, what movie was it? Wizard of Oz. Everybody get that one right? Very easy. I made it very easy for you in the beginning. Who, what, what movie is this from? I'll make him an offer. He can't refuse. Godfather, all you sinners. What about this one? Here's looking at you, kid. Casablanca. Yes, whoever said that, congratulations. You are winning the game. Everyone else is losing. What about this one? You can't handle the truth. If you're a good man, I'll be back. Ah, <laughs> Terminator, yeah. Terminator it is. What about this one? You're going to need a bigger boat. Jaws, very good. If you build it, he will come. What movie? Field of Dreams, very good. Uh, one of my personal favorites, There's No Crying in Baseball. A League of Their Own. See, we remember these lines. We remember movie quotes. We remember lyrics in an Unfortunately, it's not just movie quotes that are sticky and it's not just song lyrics that are sticky, but, but those conversations that we have where somebody says something hurtful, 
Those conversations that we have when, when somebody says, you're never going to be anything. Those conversations we have when, when somebody says, well, what makes you think you could? Who do you think you are? You're going to be just like. All of those conversations that, that we look back on and were so impactful that even today as, as grown adults, we can look back and we remember the things that people have said to us, about us, over us, that they've spoken into our lives or they've spoken those things over us and they're hurting and they're cutting and they're, they're painful and they're sticking to us and we look back. Why? Because your words are powerful. And unfortunately, it's not just other people that are doing that to us, but in turn, we can do it to others. And it's, it's, it's a sobering question to ask or thing to think about, but it, how many people, as many, as many conversations as I can look back on in my life where somebody said something hurtful over me that, that stuck to me, how many people out there have a conversation with John Weasel that they can look back on? And they say, I remember when John said this to me. I remember when John said this about me. I remember when, when John didn't use his words to, to bring life, but instead just spoke something hurtful, and it's still sticking to them to this day. See, we have to be careful because our words are powerful. James chapter 3 in the New Testament, James says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. And even a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. See, your words are not just little things. They are little things that carry great power. The bit in the horse's mouth, it might seem small, but by that, one can control the direction of a horse. The words that you say, it's just a little this, it's just a little that. I'm just joking. Listen, real quick, this is free. This isn't in my notes. This is Holy Spirit just to you today. Two things. Saying, I'm just joking and no offense does not excuse what's about to come out of your mouth. Well, I'm just joking. No, you need to be careful of the words that you use. No offense, but, no offense, but listen to Solomon, shut your mouth. Be careful of the words that you say. Your words are powerful and we need to understand the power that they have. A tiny spark can set an entire forest on fire. Sometimes it's the smallest thing that you say that has the biggest impact on your life or the lives of those around you. The, the smallest thing that you say has the ability to set the thermostat of your entire environment. The atmosphere of your home is set by the words that you say. What are you speaking into your family? What are you speaking over your kids? What are you speaking into your circumstance and into your situation? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Your words are powerful. The second principle that I want you to understand is is that what comes out simply reveals what's already on the inside. Well, I just don't know why I say the things that I say. It's because that's what your heart 
is full of. Well, I want to be nice, but, but sometimes the, the things that come out are just, it's not even me. No, it is you. It's the real you. It's not the you that you put on on Sunday mornings and pretend to be for everybody else, but it's, it's what's really going on in your heart. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is speaking, and here's what Jesus says. He says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What you say simply is flowing from what's already inside, inside of you. It's the, the illustration of a cup that is full, and when that cup gets bumped, what comes out? Whatever is in it. If there's water in the cup and it gets bumped, then water comes out. If there's, if there's soda in the cup and it gets bumped, then, then soda comes out. I don't know why I said soda, like I'm from the East Coast. Pop comes out. Or if you're from the Southwest, Coke comes out. It doesn't matter what's in it, it's all Coke. Whatever's on the inside of the cup, when it gets bumped, is what comes out. The same thing in your life. When you get bumped at work, when you get bumped by your friends, when you get bumped at school, when you get bumped in small group, when, when somebody runs into you and it's like, oh, what was that for? Whatever was on the inside of you is what is going to come out. That's why Proverbs says to, to guard your heart above all else. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. What is in your heart is eventually what comes out, and what comes out sets the environment that you live in. So guard your heart. How do I do that? Be careful what you're taking in. What are you watching? What are you listening to? What, whatever the input is determines what the output is going to be. What are you listening to? Listening to trash? Trash is going to come out. What are you watching? Are you watching trash? Trash is going to come out. What jokes are you telling? What jokes are you hearing? Who are the people that you're hanging out with? All of that stuff is, is input into your heart. And if you're not careful and if you don't guard that, then whatever your heart is full of, you are eventually going to produce. Jesus says good trees produce good fruit. Evil trees produce evil fruit. Evil hearts produce evil fruit. Whatever is going on in here is eventually going to come out. You can fool people for a little while. You might fool the people around you for a little bit, but eventually that stuff's going to come out. You need to understand. So, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're feeling convicted in the words that you use, then it's not just, God changed my tongue. God changed my heart. It's not just, God, help me to be, be careful of the words that I speak, but God, help me be careful of the things that I put in my heart. Because you can't change the things that come out until you change the things that you put in. I'll say that again. You can't change the things that come out until you change the things that you put in. So we have to understand that, that our words are powerful. We have to understand that, that our words are, are a revealer. They reveal what's going on on the inside. So how do I do it, Pastor John? I've tried. It's hard. There's people around me that... Just make me want to say stuff. It's people that I pass on the interstate that just make me want to say stuff. It's people that I work with just make me want to say stuff. One of my, one of my favorite grandpa-isms, add this to, to John Weasel's book of Proverbs. My favorite grandpa-isms, I remember I was, I was driving with my grandpa in Albuquerque, and somebody cut him off in traffic. And he said, son, 
He's talking to me. He says, son, there's, there must be an idiot factory around here just pumping them out. John, Weevil, John Weasel's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. But what do we do? Because how many of you know, we all have those people. Right? There, are, there are those situations, there are those people, there are those times where it's like, ah, if I could just say what I really want to say, but I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to say it to your face, but I'll say it to somebody later and ask them to pray for you, because that's how we Christians do it, right? <laughs> so how do I do it? How do I control this this tongue of mine? How do I control this small thing that is so powerful that is setting forests on fire? And if I'm not careful, can ruin my entire life. Like Solomon said, how do I do it? The first, the first thing is this, ask God to change your heart. Ask God to change your heart. If, if your words are a reflection of your heart, then simply ask God to give you a new heart. It's like, well, it's not that easy. It is, but it takes work. Because God will give you a new heart, and then it's your job to live according to that heart. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel writes, and, and he's a prophet. We're going to get to his writings later in our chronological plan. But the, 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 the tribe of Judah is in exile. They're, they're living in Babylon. And God comes to exile, and he, he gives them prophetic words for the, the people of Israel during this time. And in, in Ezekiel chapter 36, he, he tells them the reason you are where you are is because of how you lived when you were in the land that I gave you. And remember, when they were going into the promised land, God told, God told Moses and God told Joshua, God told the nation of Israel, he says, you're, you're going to a land that I'm taking you and there's people that are living there, but your job is to remove those people because they are so evil. Because their evilness, their, their wickedness has, has come up to me. I've seen it. You are going to go and you have to completely remove them because of their wickedness. Now, if you go into the land and you obey my decrees, things are going to be great for you. But if you go in and you start living the way, that you, the, the way that they do, then just the way that you're removing them, I will remove you. And so they, they go in and we're going to see it in our plan, but they, they start living according to the customs and the traditions of people around them, worshiping false gods. Solomon himself does it. We'll see it this week or early next week. But we, we see this in, in, and as a result of their sinfulness and a result of their wickedness and their rebellion towards God, God, God sends different people groups to oppress and remove them from the land. So they're living in Babylon in captivity as foreigners in a foreign land. And God writes to them and he says, the reason you're here is because of how you acted and how you lived when you were there. But that's okay because of my grace, for, my grace towards you. Because of my plan, because of what I want, because of my name and to protect you, to protect my name, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back into the land. And in verse 26 of Ezekiel 36, here's what he says. He says, I'm going to bring you back into the land. He says, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. And he continues and he goes on and he says, and my spirit will be in you. Now this verse is, is a prophecy, it's prophetic of the new covenant that Jesus comes to establish. That when we put our faith in Christ, we are filled with his spirit and his spirit enables us to live according to God's decrees. 
helps us to live the life that we are called to live. But through Ezekiel, he says, I'm going to take out the heart of stone and put in you a heart of flesh. I'm going to give you a new heart. See, this is this, this new heart, this idea of, of God coming and changing the way I think and changing what I believe and changing how I feel and, and helping me to recognize what's going on around me and, and enabling and empowering me to live the life that he has called me to live. It, it's, it's what we call sanctification. See, there's justification, which the moment that you get saved, you are justified by God, meaning you are made righteous in his sight. You are justified. That means that the penalty for your sin has already been taken care of. Now that we've been justified, there is this process of sanctification that we must walk through. And while we are righteous in God's sight and in his eyes, sanctification is God empowering us to live righteous lives. And where justification is freedom from the penalty of sin, sanctification is freedom from the power of sin in our lives. So we're justified, but God gives us a new heart. And with that new heart, he helps us and he molds us and he forms us and he shapes us as we daily submit ourselves to him and say, God, help me to live according to your ways. Help me to live according to your word. Help me not to live according to my desires and my wants and my dreams and my passions. But God, would you give me the desires of my heart and, and change my heart and help me to live the, the life that you want me to live? God, give me a new heart. See, as long as you have your heart, you're going to continue to say things that are cutting and, and hurtful and harmful and bring death to, to every situation around you. Why? Because the heart is deceitfully wicked. It's wicked above all things your heart is. God, I don't need you to, I don't need you to change my heart. I need you to give me a new heart. God, I need you to take out this heart of stone and put in me a, a heart of flesh. Psalm 141 says, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. You can't do it on your own. You need his help. You want to be an encouragement to those around you? You want to speak life into those around you? You can't do it on your own. God, guard my lips. God, give me a new heart. God, help me to say what is is pleasing to you. So, so how do we do it? Number one, ask God to give you a new heart. The, the second thing is this. Think before you speak. How many of you parents, you've ever said this to your kids? <laughs> I feel like I say this to my kids all the time. Think. Just stop. Slow down. Before you say something, just think. Should I say this? Because when you have a conversation with them afterwards, they always know. Why did you say that? I don't know. Do you think that's something you should have said? No. Then why did you say it? I don't know, Dad. Like, okay, if you knew you shouldn't have said it, if you knew you shouldn't have done it, like so many things in my life I've done that I knew I shouldn't have done. So many things I've said I knew I shouldn't have said. 
But rather than just stopping and thinking for two seconds, should I say this? I don't, and what happens? It comes out and then immediately follow, my foot goes in and I have a mess that I've got to clean up. I've got apologies that I have to make. I've got situations that I've gotten myself into simply because I didn't slow down to think. Anybody relate to that today? Okay, you're all humans, good. Think before you speak. James, James chapter one tells us this, that my dear brothers and sisters, you must all, all, that includes you, for those of you that don't know. That, that's all of us. We, we must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. Just because it comes into your head doesn't mean that you have to say it. Some of you need a recalibration of the filter between your mind and your mouth. Just because the thought is there doesn't mean everybody around you needs to hear it. Just because it doesn't mean everybody around you needs, needs to know what's going on in here or what's going on in there. Some of those things are best left to you and the Holy Spirit. And for the Holy Spirit later to be like, hey, remember when you wanted to say this and you knew you shouldn't have and thankfully you didn't? Yeah, can we talk about where that came from now? Think before you speak. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to give you, I'm gonna, if you're taking notes, hopefully you are, I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you what it means to think before you speak. Very simply, I came across this as I was studying. Think. So ask yourself these questions. Number one, is it true? Stop lying. Stop fabricating. Stop sensationalizing. Stop making the story just a little bit better. Because if I add this detail, it's just going to be a better story. <laughs> Is it true? And understand that, that the process of thinking before you speak doesn't end at, Is it true? Because just because it's true doesn't mean that it needs to be said. There was... There was somebody one time who just wanted to say what they wanted to say. And it was like, but that's mean. You shouldn't say that. And their response was, well, what should I do? Lie? Do you want me to lie? Is it true? Well, it might be true, but it doesn't need to be said. Like if somebody comes in and their hair looks dumb, you don't just go up to them and be like, hey, your hair looks dumb. <laughs> it might be true, but it's definitely not helpful. Well, it might be helpful, but it's definitely not inspiring. <laughs> Number one, is it true? If it's not true, don't say it. Number two, is it helpful? Are you helping somebody by what you're saying? Is your intention to make them better or to bring them down? Is your intention to build them up or to tear them down? Is your intention to strengthen them or weaken them? Either physically, emotionally, or even in the eyes of other people. We say things about people to other people to, to, to change their opinion of that person. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? 
Are you being an encouragement to those around you after a conversation with you? Do people just feel like they can take on the world or, or do they feel like you're Debbie Downer just raining on their parade? You guys remember that Saturday Night Live sketch with Debbie Downer and she's at, at Disney World and everybody's having the time of their lives and she's sitting there and she just wants to talk about all the sad things that are going on in the world and everybody's like, we're at Disney World. Why are you talking about this, right? Like some of you are that way. Someone comes to you with great news. It's like, oh, that's nice for you, but my dog died yesterday. <laughs> Are you encouraging other people? Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. So if somebody's coming to you and is rejoicing, inspire them and encourage them and be, be rejoicing alongside them. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Now understand, before you say something, it has to fall under all five of these. So it's not just one. It's not just, well, it was true. Well, I was just trying to help them. It's all five. Is it necessary? Does it need to be said? So many things that we say are so unnecessary. I heard about this, this lady who had, she had some health issues. And she had some health issues with her throat. And so there was a procedure that she needed to undergo for her vocal cords and, and, and whatnot. I don't know all of what was going on. But uh, her doctor's diagnosis and her doctor's suggestion to her and really what she needed to do in order to have this procedure and, and fix her vocal cords, fix her throat. She, she couldn't speak for six months. Not a word for six months. And so anything she wanted to communicate, she would have to write down, rip out, and hand to somebody so they could read it. She'd write things down. She'd rip it out. She'd hand it. First couple of weeks, she's writing notes all the time. Just everything. Anything I want to say, anything I want make sure you know, anything I want to communicate here, just going through notebooks. After the six months was over, she had the procedure. She gained the, the ability to, to speak and and they, somebody had asked her, they said, so, so what did you learn through this process? How was that? Like, I couldn't imagine not speaking for six months. There's some people that, that I wish had the same thing, and so they couldn't speak for six months. But I can't imagine what it was like not speaking for, for six months. What did you learn during this process? And she said, you know what I found? She said, after a couple of weeks, what I found is there were more notes that I just crumpled up and threw away than I gave to people. Because there were so many things that I wanted to say that once I saw my words on paper, I realized that doesn't need to be said. And so I would just crumble it up and I would throw it away. So much of what we say is unnecessary. And we just talk because we like the sound of our own voice. We just talk because we feel like everybody needs to know what our opinion is on the matter. We just talk because everybody else is talking around me so loudly that I'm going to get my two cents in as well. And we start talking and then we start talking louder. And the next thing you know, we're in a shouting match. Nobody's really listening. Nobody's really gaining understanding. Nobody's really learning from, from each other. But we're talking. And I'm saying and I'm speaking and I'm communicating and I'm yelling and I'm... Is it necessary? And then finally, is it kind? Are you, being, are you a nice person? Are you nice with your words? Are you kind 
with your words. So before you want to say something, think. Is it true? Yes. Okay, then go to the next one. Is it helpful? I think so. Okay, go to the next one. Is it inspiring then? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. Is it kind? Maybe not the way I worded it now, but I could change the wording to make it kind. Okay, then check your heart, check your wording, make sure that it's kind, and when it's kind, then you can say it. But until then, Solomon says, shut your mouth. I didn't say it, Solomon said it. <laughs> shut, shut your mouth. Stop tearing people down with the words that you say. Stop speaking death. Stop speaking destruction. Recognize that the environment, the atmosphere that you live in is a product of what's in your heart and what it produces in your words. You can have an environment of faith or you can have an environment of fear. What it comes down to is what your heart is producing and what words you are using. Ephesians chapter 4, one last verse and then I'll let you go today. And this is a verse that Angel has in our kitchen. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. In our house, we, we say, is it kind, is it helpful, or is it encouraging? If it's not those things, you don't say it. We're going to have to add a couple to that now today. But is it necessary? Is it inspiring? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? You have power with your words. You have power to build up. You have power to tear down. Solomon's encouragement to his son through his wisdom and his encouragement to us today through, through God's word. So be careful of what you say. Think before you speak. Ask God to give you a new heart so that everything that you say can be like that honey to those around you can be an encouragement to the people in your life, building them up, inspiring them, and strengthening them. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that, that all scripture is God-breathed, it's inspired by you, and it's useful, it's profitable. It's teach us the things that we're doing right, teach us the things that we're doing wrong. Lord, today as we, as we read through the, the wisdom that you gave Solomon, we know that this is not earthly wisdom, human wisdom, but it's godly wisdom. Even as last week, we, we defined wisdom as the righteous application of knowledge. It's not even about what's, do, what, what's right in our eyes or what's right based on my thoughts and my opinion, but it's what's right according to your word. So Lord, today Solomon has given us godly wisdom. He's told us that there's power of life and death in the tongue. He's told us to watch our mouth or we might ruin everything. Lord, I pray that, first of all, today you would, you would change our heart. God, I pray that you would give us a new heart. 
even as you told your people. And today being adopted into their family, we know that we have access to the same promise. And because of the new covenant, you would remove our old heart and, and place within us a new heart and give us your spirit that we might live according to your word. So Lord, today I pray that you would change, give us a new heart. Lord, help us to think before we speak. As James tells us, we all must be quick to listen and slow to speak. We've done such a great job of getting that backwards and we're quick to speak and we're slow to listen. But Lord, your word tells us to be slow to speak. And so Lord, that we would, we would think we would ask ourselves, Holy Spirit, would you help us too in our weakness? Reveal, is it, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Because God, we want to be those that are building up people around us through the words that we use. Forgive us for tearing down. Lord, if there's anybody here today that that has some of those sticky words on them, conversations from the past that even today they're, they're allowing to affect them and impact them and have, have shaped their identity and who they what they believe about themselves. Lord, I pray by the power of your word and by the power of your spirit that you would remove those words from off of our hearts, remove those words from off of our minds. God, that as we, we renew ourselves by focusing on your word and on what you say, God, that you would restore our identity in you. Lord, for those that are, are going through life with words of mine that I've spoken to them or about them or on them that are affecting them, God, I pray that you would remove those from them as well. God, forgive me for being so careless with my words. Forgive me for at times cutting other people down. Lord, as we go from this place and as we go throughout our lives this week, as we go amongst our friends and amongst family, amongst coworkers, Lord, I pray that our words would be an encouragement to everyone who hears. Go with us this week. Help us in our weakness. We need you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 God bless you this morning. Hey, real quick, before you're dismissed, what is next Sunday? Father's Day. Just want to make sure, like, just making sure, dads, I got your back, like, making sure everybody knows it's Father's Day. And then also wanting to let you know, uh, next Sunday, up until next Sunday, is going to be the last chance for you to bring donations in for the Love Pine Ridge trip. And so we've got water. There's some diapers out there today. If this week you want to you grab a case of diaper, a case of water, whatever it might be, and bring that in, you're, you're free to do that. You can do it next Sunday, but that will be the last that we're taking donations. And then we're going to take it up there and love on those individuals. Love you, church. Be blessed. Have a great day. Dream City Omaha. We're all about helping each other discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. We encourage you to explore our past sermon series and classes to help you find the abundant life in Christ. And don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell for all our latest videos.